With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Hello and welcome to the Sandful Show. I'm Damon Adams. Unfortunately, not joined by Andrew Hayes today. Unfortunately, COVID has knocked him down, but... The great thing is, on this afternoon, Sandful Show, a fantastic lineup of guests. We're going to be joined by Redlegs Hall of Famer Neil Craig, of course, a long association with the Adelaide Crows as well in our past player segment. North's Jacob Bauer, he's made a fantastic start to the year with 10 goals in the last two games. It was a shining light in North's win over the Bulldogs this past weekend. And Talk about shining lights. Brett Hand, the coach of the Glenelg Tigers, will be in after one of the more miraculous wins you will see. But without Andrew Hayes here, we need an eye on the previous round of the Sandfall. No better than this man, Paul Bonzer from the SEN Commentary and also host of Eagles Radio. G'day, Bonds. How are you, mate? Uh, Good, mate. Good. Going well. It was a pretty remarkable round of Good Friday football. Five fixtures all in on the same day. Uh, I actually took my young lad down to the bay uh, for the first time in a while for him seeing a game. It was one of the more extraordinary results I've, I've ever witnessed live. It was. Uh, obviously, we were there, um, but uh, we did the game down south. But um, to watch the game from the outside, and I, I was listening on the way home from Norlunga, and uh, yeah, Adelaide in control early and all over the top of the Tigers, and then the Tigers just came from nowhere. It seemed that all of a sudden they flick a switch and Adelaide fell asleep and the Tigers just rolled over the top of them, which, you know, they, they, they are the benchmark in the samples. There's no question. They were outstanding last year, but just sort of tripped a little bit in the finals. But, uh, yeah, they were they were outstanding. There were 17 goals kicked at the Kernahan end consecutively. <laughs> that, that, that end got absolutely inundated. Uh, seven goals straight to the Crows in the second quarter. Glenelg didn't really trouble the scorecard and then came out 10 unanswered goals in the third quarter for a 60-point turnaround. Uh, apart from the fact that Port Adelaide in the AFL nearly made a, a similar comeback on the weekend, um, that, that's quite a severe turnaround in just one quarter of football. You don't you don't see it very often at all. It's, it is rare. You might see it once or once a year, really. So yeah, amazing quarter footy, and the, and it wasn't like it was a gale force breeze. No, it was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful conditions. Day. It was calm conditions, and uh, weird that seventeen goals were kicked at one end in two quarters. Uh, we'll be speaking to Brett Hand later in the show to see exactly how he rallied the troops at halftime. But that's going to be some intense speech. 
that he is given. Uh, you said, Bonds, that you were down covering uh, the South game. Uh, of course, they were defeated by Sturt, 85-67. to 67. What was your view on the game? Look, South just wasted the footy. They got plenty of the footy, uh, but especially early, they just wasted the footy. Their ball use, they missed a lot of targets. The delivery inside the forward 50 was uh, below par. And on the opposite side of that, Sturt were very clean with the ball. They've, Sturt's back line, uh, they've been together a, a couple of seasons now. The likes of Coombless, Voss, uh, Sam Wanky, um, Henry Carey, they're just a really tight-knit group and hard to score against. But they use the footy a lot better coming out of defence than South. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure the ball use, I'm sure Booker Wright was, uh, I guess, a bit missed by the, the, the team's ball use. They got plenty of the ball, as I said, but just really couldn't finish off. And they missed a couple of goals in the first quarter that could have set up a bit of a lead for them a quarter time. So in the end, you know, just still were just a bit cleaner and a bit more professional. And when it counted, when South came at them, they just steadied and and uh, held on to a much deserved win. We'd seen the impact of Bryce Gibbs over the the first two rounds of the season. Of course, the reigning McGarry medalist as well. Um, was he thrown a tag from Sturt? Did the Double Blues uh, deal with him well? Um, not really. He wasn't. There wasn't a hard tag on Bryce. Um, and he still, at one stage, he went forward and, um, and then, yeah, it, it was, I guess he was, he was, he was good, but not, I guess, what we saw in the first two weeks where he had, you know, almost 40 touches. Uh, one of the important moves was Rory Ullman on, on Menzi. He'd kicked two, 10 goals in the first two yeah. games and basically, uh, Rory Ullman just shut him down just didn't let him get anywhere near the footy. So that was, again, some excellent coaching from Marty Batner to take him out of the game. North Adelaide, 110, took out the Bulldogs, 10-7-67. This was another game with a a, a huge momentum swing. Uh, Centrals actually got out of the gates, kicked five of the first six goals, led by 20 at quarter time, but really that was the only yelp they gave for the day. Um, We're speaking to Jacob Bauer later in the show. Uh, Another five goals straight. He has started his season in fine form. Yeah, they've been good. Uh, They had a bit of a hiccup in round two, North Adelaide, but a really good win against the Eagles in round one. They were pumped for for that game in round one. And to get over the the reigning premiers, uh, that that was an excellent win. And Central's, yeah, it was a bit disappointing. I'd love to see them start well, and they obviously played some good footy early, but it was a, a little bit of a pity they couldn't hang on. And I guess you get that with a young team. You'll get some ups and downs with the developing team and uh, they, you know, they might play a good couple of quarters in, in, in a game but over a four quarter effort the better teams are probably going to come out on top and that's what happened with North Adelaide. Have the Roosters early season form surprised you? Uh, a little bit yeah yeah to be honest but there's so many changes so many new players across all of the teams um, everything's a little bit of an unknown uh, you know they were mentioned by a few people pre-season that they might you know sort of be on a, a little bit of a slide, but obviously Jacob Surgeon's got the boys down there fired up early and brought in some new talent. And yeah, it's a great start for them. Two and one, uh, they'll they'll be uh, looking forward to the rest of the season. I'm I'm sure. The Premiership defence uh, for the Eagles didn't get off to the smoothest start, as you acknowledge, but uh, the Eagles did get the job done 
over the blood uh, on the weekend, 63 to 50. They led all day, but it was a tight affair. Yeah, it was. Um, hats off to West. They're coming. They're coming as well. They're building, uh, you know, building, adding some new players. They've got quite a few new recruits in as well, and obviously Hamish Hartler back at the club, which will help the development of that group. Uh, they, yeah, they were pretty good. It was not, I guess, a showcase for sample footy. <laughs> um, it was a bit <laughs> scrappy. It was a bit ugly. Um, the Eagles kicking for goal let them down as well. They kicked eight goals, fifteen. Yeah. Uh, you turn that around and it's a reasonably big win. So um, it looked like the Eagles, I watched this back, and it, it looked like the Eagles were in control for most of the game. They, while the Bloods came at it a couple of times, really didn't look like the Eagles were, were going to get beaten. And they've got some injury worries down there at Woodville and um, no Ruckman at the moment. Jared Redden's out injured, Said Gilhouse is out injured, so... Uh, debutant Jordan Lukak had to do the ruck work along with Connor Ballenden, uh, another new recruit from Brisbane for the Eagles. So, uh, yeah, so they're in the, they've got a couple of guys coming back. Jimmy Tupper should be back this week. Uh, Clay Cameron may be back this week as well. So, um, but the Eagles, I guess all you can do is win and get the win, even if you have to win ugly, and that's what they did. So, it's <laughs> like... They'll be looking forward to Monday as well. Yeah, those right. Those returning trips will be very handy for the grand final rematch. Uh, finally, Redlegs fans, they would have loved this at the parade, uh, taking out their rivals, the Magpies, 75 to 59. The Magpies struggling to get their season up and running. Uh, they really don't have a lot of AFL talent uh, that's actually playing at the moment. I think eight players on the weekend. Um, it's making things tough to, to kind of get a consistent flow for the year. Yeah, it's good, it's good that you mentioned that because they were undermanned. So generally with the AFL sides, uh, the AFL reserve sides, uh, anywhere sort of, if they have 13 or 15 of their AFL listed players, they're generally reasonably competitive yep. and hard to beat. Anything sort of under 11 um, makes, it, makes them tough to be competitive. But hats off to Port Adelaide, they were competitive and they were in the game the whole night. Uh, but it's really hard for them to win with uh, the amount of top-up players they had. So, But again, Norwood did the job um, with their new LEDs around the, around the ground. Looking, Looking very flash out there in Norwood now. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> James Fantasia and his board will be very happy with the way everything's coming up. We've got the new Wolf Blast Centre out there and big screen and the LEDs. They, uh, I think they're a bit of an envy of some other clubs in the sample, the way they have set the ground up. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Now, just in comparison as well, uh, the Crows against the Tigers, they had 16 or 17 AFL-listed players playing. Uh, so it just goes to show the difference at the moment. Uh, Bonds, let's look ahead to round four, of course, the Anzac weekend. We've got the Roosters against the Panthers. Uh, Central up against the Crows. The Magpies meet the Double Blues. Uh, Norwood against West at Centenary Oval in Port Lincoln on Sunday Fantastic to see the game stretching out to all parts of the state. And then the grand final rematches are really the headline act for the weekend. Uh, is that the game you're looking forward to most, surely? Uh, well, firstly, I'm looking forward to going to Port Lincoln. So we're going over over bonds? to cover... Yeah, getting over there to cover that for SENSA. So that'll be on uh, Sunday at uh, 2 o'clock on, on SENSA. And then we're also doing the Monday Clash as well. Fantastic. So you hear both those games on SENSA this week, myself and Mark Ross. 
uh, calling both those games. So, yeah, looking forward to getting over to Lincoln. And I haven't been there for a long, long time. So it'll be nice to spend a day there. Well, the Centenary um, Oval is an back. absolute peach of a place. Mm. Yeah, I've heard good reports. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward. To, I, I expect a really big crowd there as well. Uh, smart for the sample to put it on a Sunday as well. So there's no footy clash, uh, country footy clash there as well. So I, I, I expect uh, a nice big crowd there uh, in Port Lincoln and then come back for the holiday Monday game. Again, expecting a big crowd at Montaigne Care Oval. Well, uh, footy fans, if you do see Bonds just reclining at the Port Lincoln Hotel Sunday <laughs> afternoon, make sure you shout him a drink. He's done a magnificent job joining us. Bonds will hear you on Sunday and Monday on the SEN Sandful Call. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan, mate. Coming up next, we've got Jacob Bauer from the Roosters who got up on the weekend. Can't wait for that chat. This is the Sandful Show. On SENSA, you're listening to the Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. The Sandful Show with Damon Adams, North Adelaide. The Roosters, they got a 43-point win over the Bulldogs on the Easter weekend. And, and this man, two games into his Sandful career, is making things look easy. Two bags of five to Jacob Bauer. It's a great way to get things kicked off. He joins us now. Jacob, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on. Stoked. Made five goals straight on the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, and we will talk about this, you did cop a head knock, but uh, you've got to be happy with getting a bag. Yeah, no, it's always, it's always good. Um, like individually performing, but at the end of the day, the, the team performance is what matters most to me. So just stoked to, stoked to get my first league win and hopefully the boys can just keep rolling into this weekend. And yeah, hopefully the season eventuates pretty well and we run pretty far into September. So coming across to the Roosters, uh, you've been picked up from the Sydney Swans Academy. What have your impressions of the club been? Oh, it's been unreal so far. Like I um, made the decision pretty late to come over, like late December, and the boys had already been training for three weeks. So I, I, I only got here in the new year. But um, you know, the boys are unreal. Everything's everything. Everyone's just so welcoming. Um, coaching staff are unreal. Like the wealth of knowledge they just share on is it's really unmatched. But um, yeah walked straight in the doors day one and just felt so welcomed by all the boys. So it's been unreal so far. Yeah, I love it. What are your connections to South Australia, Jacob? I actually didn't have any. Um, it was sort of just like a, an impulse decision. I was just working in Sydney and, you know, COVID hit pretty, Sydney pretty heavy. So wasn't playing too much footy even. Obviously, yeah, just working. And then I was like, oh, really just want to play footy. And so I just reached out to, to a player agent I had had contact with back home and sort of said, you know, I know it's late, but is there any chance I could, you know, explore a move in a state and just really take this footy thing seriously and pursue, try and get as far as I can. And yeah, it's put together like a little reel of clips I had over the last couple of years and he got that to surge and yeah, no, it all just, it happened pretty quickly, which was, which was awesome. So yeah. Well, early days, I think both parties would be pretty happy with that arrangement. Yeah. And talk, talk to us about Serge. What's he like as a coach? Oh, he's he's unreal. Um, like, you know, played 100-odd games for Port Adelaide, vice-captain, and always ever known his footy. So, you know, the knowledge he shares with us and just the way he explains things and it, like, feels like we're immersed in that AFL environment, which is something you really can't get back home. So, yeah, no, forever grateful for what he's done so far and, Looking forward to the rest of the year. 
Roosters fans are just getting acquainted with you, Jacob, but uh, not only would they be impressed with your goal kicking, but the contested marking seems to be uh, something that is part of your game as well. Uh, three strong contested marks on the wing against the Bulldogs. Um, has that uh, always been in the arsenal for you, or is it just right place, right time on the weekend? No, nah, it's always always been in my arsenal. I've pretty, I've actually did the full preseason down back. Um, okay, interesting. Of, Set myself, yeah. So I set myself up as like that third tall intercept defender, but um, also with that ability to to go forward and have an impact. So I think that is one thing that I've, I've pride myself on is being strong in the air. Um, but yeah, obviously the the height helps with that. But it's always one thing I've I've been able to do pretty well. I think um, just being able to read the ball pretty pretty easily in the air and taking it to the highest point. Yeah, so it's something I've sort of based my game around and go from there really. It was an interesting game on the weekend with Centrals actually getting out pretty quickly. They kicked first uh, the five of the first six goals of the game. They led by 20 at quarter time. Uh, what message do you get from Serge at quarter time that, that, that helps you change that momentum pretty quickly? Oh, I think it's just sticking to the game plan. You know, obviously our, our inaccuracy in the first quarter didn't help by kicking one goal six. But, you know, we've, we've seen our plan can work. You know, we knocked off Eagles in the first round. Um, you know, it's still like a pretty promising performance against 21 listed players at the Crows. I think like, the, the process works and just if we stick to it and then we just eventually just like eased our way into it. Um, and yeah, pretty much just, just stick to the game plan. Um, we've seen it can work. So, And then when the boys in the middle are getting their hands on the footy and getting it forward, it's it's pretty hard to stop. So I think just like the main message was, you know, keep that composure, keep that calmness going forward and with the footy. But um. Yeah, honestly, just stick to the process and, and, and back the coaches in. There's always heavy changes in the off-seasons for the Sandful, but uh, a lot of the pundits didn't necessarily expect a lot from the Roosters uh, coming into this season. Uh, two wins from the first three games has been a pleasant surprise. Um, what are internal expectations like this year? Oh, I just think like the the belief within the group is, is really strong. Um, you know, we've got a, a pretty dynamic group with... With, with fair depth, um, I just think, you know, the, the boys just want to go as far as they can. Um, I think the group this year is united really well. Um, and, yeah, the, everyone's just, just keen to crack in. It just makes it easy when, you know, there's boys in the twos performing and, and pushing all the boys in the in the league side to to really perform. Otherwise, they might not be there the, the next week. So, yeah, just the, the group unity and the, and the belief we have within the four walls at the, at the club is... Yeah, it's really strong this year, so it's exciting. We're speaking to Jacob Bauer from the Roosters, two games into his Sandful career, 10 goals on the board, but mate, might be a bit of a swingman. Uh, Jacob, noticed your name on the injury report uh, that you've come down with concussion uh, a week out. Can you tell us what happened on the weekend? Yeah, so just um, that last quarter, fourth goal, I just um, took a mark a bit high and, and hit the ground pretty heavy. Um, obviously... Didn't really feel it at the start, but um, went off and then came back on and managed to kick another snag. But um, yeah, after the game, a bit flustered, but um, a bit disappointing. But um, yeah, what can you do? I guess it's footy, those sort of things happen. So just setting myself up, taking all the precautions and stuff. Obviously, the 12-day the protocol is a bit frustrating, but yeah. do understand that in the long run, it's it's what's needed. So yeah, watch from the sidelines this week. Hopefully, the boys can get the job done against South and then uh, look forward to Westies next week. Has uh, has concussion been something that uh, has played you in the past at all? Oh, not really. You know, playing junior footy and stuff, you get a little head knock and you always think you can cuss. But 
Nah, not really. Like a couple ones here and there, but nothing, nothing too serious. But yeah, this one's just just more frustrating that I did it to myself. So nah, it's all right. We'll we'll go again in a couple of weeks' time. Good to hear. Uh, you mentioned the game against the Panthers at Prospect Oval this Saturday, at ten past one. Um, what's the preparation been like for the squad? Obviously, you you won't be taking part yourself. Yeah, nah. So. I mean, we we go tend to go through the the same sort of thing every week. You know, the, the Mondays normally just pretty light, getting some K's back into the boys and light gym session, and just just keeping the legs ticking over. But yeah, I, I can assure you, the the boys will be well prepped and ready to go this week. Um, you know, obviously you saw that we had six changes after the Crows game, after the Eagles game. Sorry, and you know there was still some real positives to take out of the Crows game. So everyone just everyone's ready and roaring to go. So, I, yeah, they'll be ready for the challenge this week. So the move over to South Australia, um, have you settled in well now a couple of months in? Yeah, it's been unreal. I um, I live with um, Nigel Lockyer Jr. and um, big Liam Hoy, the developing ruckman down the twos. But, yeah, it's been unreal. Like, as I said before, the boys just so welcoming. Um, got our own little interstate friendship circle that we have, which is which is always good. But, um, yeah, it's... Honestly, wouldn't like nothing to complain about, and the club's been unreal. It's like set me up housing and work and stuff. So, yeah, can't complain. It's yeah, it's been a dream so far. And what are your long-term goals, Jacob? So, uh, you know, obviously a really successful Sandful year will, will work wonders for you. But do you have uh, larger goals than that? Oh, I just want to. I obviously want to get to that highest level. Um, I'm like still only 19. I think it's still still very achievable. Absolutely. But um, you know, if if that doesn't doesn't amount to anything, I'd love to to build on to the sample and you know tick off milestones to the sample, play 50, 100 games, win a flag at North and that sort of stuff. But yeah, the the eventual goal would, would I'd love to play in the AFL and just you know give that a crack for as long as I can. Well, for now, the Roosters, there's plenty of excitement around the team. No thanks to this man, Jacob Bauer. Ten goals in the last two games. We won't see him this weekend, but, mate, can't wait to have you back out on the field soon. Thanks so much for joining us on the Sandful Show. That's all good. Thanks for having me, mate. Jacob Bauer from the Roosters. Coming up next, we're going to be speaking to Neil Craig, inducted into the Norwood Redlegs Hall of Fame. This is the Sandful Show. Thanks to Host Plus. On SENSA, you're listening to the Sandful Show. The Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. You tuned into the Sandful Show with Damon Adams, Andrew Hayes, just off sick this week, but really excited because each week we take a moment to look back at some of the past legends of the Sandful. And with Norwood Footy Club announcing four inductees this week into their Hall of Fame, what a perfect opportunity to speak to this man. He played 124 games for the Redlegs in a career that spanned between 1973 and 1979. Two premierships in that mix as well. He is now a Norwood Footy Club Hall of Fame member. The great Neil Craig joins us. Good afternoon, Neil. How are you? Good, Damon, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Looking forward to a chat. So inducted alongside Thomas Woodruff, Mervyn Roberts and James Gallagher, what does an honour like the Redlegs Hall of Fame mean to you, Neil? Well, uh, well, for me, it's sort of, uh, it uh, just embeds that sense of belonging for me, I guess, to the Norwood Football Club, Damon. Um, 
I mean, when you when you look at the, the number of players, I think it's now 67, I think I'm correct in saying that, in the Hall of Fame. Um, and you look at some of the names uh, that uh, are, are that are associated in that in that group. It is uh, pretty humbling. Um, uh, but anyway, it's uh, you know I guess it's a recognition you know for the individuals who have contributed to the North Football Club over a period of time. Um, and as I said to someone the other day, it's uh, it's the North Football Club have given me uh, so much more than what I've given them. So it's uh, but it is, it is a privilege, and you, and you do feel very proud to 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 receive the award. You've had a story career um, through the Sandful and, of course, your AFL connections as well, Neil. Um, how, how closely do you follow um, the, the, the trials and tribulations, the successes of the Redlegs? Oh, you keep an eye on them, Damon. Um, I mean, I've obviously, uh, I don't live in Adelaide anymore, um, but that's, you, you can still keep an eye on what the Redlegs are doing. Uh, you know, and I've had an association with their current coach, uh, Jade Rawlings, when I was at the Melbourne Football Club, so there's a there's a connection there, of course. Um, but, you, but you certainly keep an eye on Nord in particular, but the competition in general, because it's uh, it played such a big part in my life. Um, you know, from a very young age, uh, South Australian National Football League was uh, was a fantastic competition. Still is a fantastic competition. Uh, but back when I played, it was uh, you know you had the VFL, you had the SNFL, you had Waffle. Uh, all great competitions in their own right. And, of course, then when you played state-of-origin type football, it was even better again. So, uh, yeah, I keep an eye on it. Um, you know, I'm of interest to, to what, what goes on. As a young 13-year-old, you were recruited. Uh, you came and boarded at Norwood Players Residence at uh, Carmel Court in Kensington. What are, what are your recollections from that time, Neil? Uh, just, uh, you know, just, you know, bright eyes coming from the country and, uh, you know, just getting involved in the footy club. Yeah. Well, I remember the enormous excitement, Damon, because I mean, I, I just had this unbelievable passion, uh, as a even as a thirteen-year-old, to uh, a want and desire and a passion and a will to to play at, at the league level in the SNFL. So when the opportunity came along to to come down from the country and uh, to be part of the Norwood Football Club, that we're in a rebuilding phase at that stage, uh, through the vision of a, of a gentleman called Bert Boulderstone. Um, you know, in conjunction with uh, Robert Odie and and Wally Miller, those three gentlemen in particular, you know, uh, in terms of Carmel Court and what it was able to do for the Northern Football Club. Carmel Court was a was a boarding residence in Kensington, as you've mentioned, had the capacity to uh, to board 22 uh, players. So I was a 13 year old. The next oldest was 17. So um, I was I was a bit out of my depth there in terms of age. <laughs> but anyway. Um, it was a fantastic environment to be in. Uh, it was, you know, when I look back on it, I was there for, I think, up to, I think it was about four or five years. Uh, and probably some of the best four or five years of my life. Uh, it was just unbelievable for me to to be involved with other, other players, all wanting to play SANFL League football. We trained together, we socialised together, we lived together. Uh, and, you know, without knowing all the stats, but if you go if you go through it, that was a highly successful um uh, a, a venture created by the Norwood Football Club, um, you know, for the number of players that came through that boarding house and went on to play uh, play league football for the Norwood Footy Club. So, only great memories, Damon, of of that time. Oh, it's endlessly fascinating. So we're talking late sixties, early seventies. He was it a disciplined environment there, or you know, you know, some young lads playing football, uh, kind of young and precocious. Mm. What was it a little bit wild? 
Oh, well, it was a little bit wild and woolly. I mean, it's uh, uh, you got young young players, you know. You got you got seventeen. I mean, I was thirteen, but you got seventeen, eighteen year olds, and you know, and part of the part of the uh, uh, the the makeup of the group there, you had guys like John John Wynn, you had Phil Carmen, uh, Mike Polder, uh, you know, all sort of uh, larrikins in their own right. Um, uh, Michael Taylor was was there. So it was, but it was, it was, it was well run. Um, you know, when I look back on it, you know, um, I would have no hesitation in, in my son going there because it was well run. It was, it was, had Mrs. Uh, he had Gil Butchart's mother running it initially, and Phil Carmen's mother um, was also running it. So not with an iron fist, but they <laughs> uh, they made sure standards uh, were, were met and uh, some disciplines. You know, and, and being the youngest in there, of course, at thirteen, I was probably uh, I was probably the, the pet, you know, <laughs> of uh, of Mrs. Carmen and Mrs. Butchard. So, uh, so it was, but it was, damn it, it was just it was just an unbelievable environment for 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 young kids from the country uh, to 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 be involved in. Well, it was obviously a great foundation. A successful junior years for you led uh, to your debut for the Red Legs in 1973. Um, Early years, you said Norwood were going through a rebuilding phase, but success came quickly after you joined the team. Uh, yeah, well, they'd, they'd been rebuilding, you know, before I got there, and I, so I just sort of, uh, I was lucky enough to better jump on onto uh, onto the treadmill to a certain extent. Um, but they'd made a con- uh, concerted effort to to regroup the Norwood Football Club, um, you know, uh, and even. Uh, apart from the recruiting drive they went into, you know, with the Carmel Court, um, I mean, they had the the, the Norwood Social Club, uh, which back then was was as good as anything in Australia, way way ahead of its time. So, with the social club, you know, which involved the administration and uh, you know dining rooms and meeting rooms, and you had Carmel Court, like Norwood Football Club in terms of the vision that it created and was uh, was instigating, was was as good a place anywhere in Australia to be. Um, and eventually, you know, they started to win the premierships uh, in '75 onwards. You know, so uh, it was it was a great it was a great initiative by Bert Boulderstone, Robert Odie, and Wally Miller. We're speaking to recently inducted Norwood Hall of Fame member Neil Craig. Neil, uh, you mentioned that the '75 premiership there it broke a 25 year premiership drought for the Redlegs, uh, beating Glenelg in that '75 final. What are, what's your recollections of that day? Well, it's a long time ago. Um, but uh, it was a significant win for the Norwood Football Club because of the, the you know the timing between its last premiership and '75. So and it was a result of a lot of hard work as well, Damon. You know, as we've already just spoken about how that occurred. So it was a special day for a lot of people. Um, you know, and uh, you know, of course, the premierships continued since that day. So on a, on a reasonably consistent basis. So uh, yeah, significant day. I have you know I have great memories of that. Also, the '78 Grand Final as well. Of course. Um, so I mean, that sort of memories that you take you take uh, you take with you for the rest of your life. And you know, just as so many people have mentioned, you know, when you're involved in that sort of uh, uh, successful environment, when you get to see those those players that you played with, it's, it seems like it was only yesterday, you know, and. Uh, and uh, and it creates that sort of bond. So it was it was uh, it was a special place. Neil, you've mentioned many of the players that you had the opportunity to board with at uh, Carmel Court. But when you look back at your time at the Red Legs, are there particular icons that you are just incredibly thankful that you had the opportunity to play next to? 
Well, it, it just, it's, certainly the players. Um, but I think more, more so, Damon, the environment the Northern Football Club created is the thing I'm incredibly thankful for. I mean, it, 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 left, it, it had a great impact on the way I think about football. Okay. Um, so, my, I mean, my first, my first league coach was, uh, was Robert Odie. Um, uh, and the Odie is a famous name at the Northern Football Club, not only because of Robert and Peter, but also their father, Jack. Um, you know, he was uh, what he did at the Northern Football Club and then at the Sturt Football Club. Um, and, and Robert created when I was there, like it's just an environment you wanted to be in. I, I remember he used to run uh, little um, every Sunday morning uh, down at the Nord Oval uh, when I was in, in the boarding house. He'd run uh, a session, a skill session, you know, with a whole range of, of the players from the club. I mean, it was, I just couldn't wait to get down there. So it was a, it was a place that was fun to be at. You, you and you, you knew you were, you, you were improving. Uh, you're going to be given every opportunity to uh, to achieve your dream if you put the work in, um, you know, as as well as all the other players that you play with. So it was more the environment. I mean, I, I could mention players and the and the great icons of the club, but I, for me, it was it was the environment that was created that enabled those players to to play at a level that they they achieved. Well, Neil, we truly appreciate you sharing your memories of us uh, of your time at the Red Legs with us. Of course, now inducted into the Red Legs Hall of Fame. Neil Craig, thanks so much for joining us today. Good on you, David. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, mate. Our guest, Neil Craig, on the Sandful Show, back next with Glenel coach Brett Hand. On SENSA, you're listening to the Sandful Show for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. This is the Sandful Show with Damon Adams. We said off the top of the show that this win, the Tigers over the Crows, was one of the more remarkable games of Sandful footy we've seen in many a year. The coach of the Glenelg Tigers is a presumably very happy Brett Hand. Brett, welcome to the Sandful Show. How are you? Yeah, Damon, I'm well, thank you. What happened in this fixture, Brett? Of course, 15-point winners over the Crows. One of the sharpest turnarounds of form within a game that I can remember in a long time. Um, yes and no. Um, like it was such a, it was a really good contest. Like the first half in particular was, um, you know, just a real good battle of two teams going hard at it with contested footy, and um, you know, I think the first quarter really showed signs of that. But you know, the second quarter. Um, we probably were our own worst enemies. Like I, I was pretty happy with the way we were going about things at half-time apart from our execution. Um, and that, you know, we kicked the ball at 55% in the second quarter, yep. which means giving the ball back to them. And that, that's got a lot to do with their pressure. Don't get me wrong, their pressure was, was, was elite and it was probably the most pressure we've put, we put under for quite a while. Um, and we turned that around in the third quarter where our kicking efficiency was at, you know, 90%. So, you know, it, it showed that when we had the ball in our hands, we were, we were actually going well. Um, in the first and then the second sort of things turned dramatically and you know credit to the Crows they um, they came to play with a, a real good positive attitude and, and a real good contested game and um, you know it was, a, it, was a, it was a good game to watch. It seemed like when Adelaide had the ball in the first half particularly in that second quarter that they that it wasn't just the turnover game but they were just finding quick avenues within their forward line Riley Philthorpe I've got the better of you um, and it just seemed any time they went inside 50, they had avenues to goal. How, how do you tighten that up over the halftime break? 
Um, yeah, Silthorpe kicked three in the first quarter, and you know, it was young Jordan Moore played his second game uh, for the league, and you know, the credit to him, we spoke to him at quarter time about you know whether about how to adjust his positioning, and you know, it's full credit to him. He he made some adjustments in the second quarter and for the rest of the game, and he had only had one kick on him for the rest of that. Um, and you know, New Church kicked a couple of goals, but there were sort of different avenues in the second quarter. Yeah, you know, with their goal kickers, you know, it was um, you know, I said New Church kicked a couple, and it was a couple there. Um, Smaller forwards and then Curtis and Wright and, and even Strawn snapped one out of the ruck. So you know, I was reasonably happy the way our backs were sort of holding down their, their, their you know their opponents. Um, and it wasn't one real avenue that was hurting us. So you know um, when you've got people like that that can score across the board, you know it's pretty hard to control them. So when you're against uh, just the momentum that the Crows had in that second quarter, you, you said you know you, you there was a lot to like still for the team. Is there a panic amongst the playing group, or did they come in at the halftime break, you know, reasonably calm given the circumstances as well? Um, oh, they were frustrated. They were frustrated with themselves. Um, you know, like we we did some things at about the fifteen minute mark, which sort of, um, you know, they didn't kick another goal for another six minutes. So we 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 led, we stemmed the tide there a little bit, and yep. then, you know, we lost our lead a little bit and played fast, and we probably shouldn't have played fast and kicked the ball back to them, and they kicked two late goals. So. There were some good learnings that we took out of that with our review last night, really. Um, and there's not much you can do from the coach's box. You can put some things in place, but you need your leaders on the field to take control. Um, and, you know, we did that for, for 10 minutes, but we didn't do it for long enough. And, you know, if you go in with maybe five against you instead of seven, you know, it's probably a better feeling. So, yeah, there was some um, frustration amongst the boys as they came in. And, um, you know, the, the stats, as I said, in the second half time were were quite favourable. It was just our efficiency was terrible. And I guess that gave us some belief in the third quarter that when you go out and you, you implement a game plan that you've been practising all pre-season and, um, you know, we, we take care of the ball in their hands and, you know, we're a different team. And I guess that was probably the most pleasing thing for the second half. Obviously, there's a redirection there that happens after half time. But do you look at half time as the next quarter holistically or are you giving the players shorter term goals than that? Um, they came out very strongly. I think that they were, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brett, but maybe four goals in the first five minutes there. So is there a, a, a short-term goal to say, okay, I, w- I want to see you do this in the first five? Um, no, not really, because, like I said, the the improvement was with our efficiency, not the way, not our structures, not, yep. our, not the way we were getting the hands on the ball. It was more about efficiency by hand and by foot in, in valuing, I guess, the... Um, when we have the ball, um, and I guess that was probably the major focus at half time is okay, you know, our plan's working, but you know, you've got to t- take more care of the ball. Um, and, and that made the Crows be more accountable for some of our players rather than just being a drop off. And you know, some of our delivery inside forward 50 was better. Um, and you know, Liam McBean um, sort of kicked, kicked three in that quarter, and you know, which is you know, great effort when you're someone that's like that up there, but yeah. you know, you get Brett Turner's next. You know, Brett Turner sneaks forward and kicks a couple of goals and um, Luke Parkinson kicks a goal. Um, you know, you need your mids helping your forwards out. Um, and that was, you know, it's pretty critical for us because, you know, we lost Luke Reynolds, um, you know, 30 seconds into the game. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's what probably makes it a little bit, um, you know, sweeter for the players. We were down in rotation for the whole game and I thought we ran the game out really well. Considering a warm night as well, it uh, certainly wouldn't have helped uh, with those rotations. Um, the, the atmosphere at the Bay was was pretty incredible. For the Good Friday atmosphere just hummed throughout, particularly when the momentum started to take shape in that third quarter. Did the players uh, appreciate the experience? 
Oh, absolutely. Like it's my second Good Friday taste of footy here at Glenelg. And last year we started off the season against West Adelaide and you know, it's the first time I've been involved and to have, you know, three and a half thousand people here, which I think was um, you know, great credit to our fans um, and supporters that turn up and our members. Um, you know, it's a really good atmosphere. That time of night, you know, it's twilight, four o'clock, um, you know, the lights on the hill, um, yeah, it's it was just a, a good a good atmosphere and you know when we started to kick those goals, you know, certainly the crowd um, assisted the boys out on the, out on the field. It's definitely a great advertisement for Sandful football. We're speaking to Brett Hand, coach of the Glenelg Tigers, who ran out 15-point winners over the Crows on a Good Friday. Of course, attention turns now to, uh, after a bit of a longer break, uh, Anzac Day footy against the Eagles. Uh, grand final rematch. How do you approach this one, Brett? Um, it's a cliche, I guess, Damien, like, like I do any other game. Um, it's, a, it's another good challenge for us. Um, you know, they've had two good wins in the last couple of weeks. A bit scrappy on the weekend against West, but, um, you know, West is certainly improving. Um, and, you know, it's a, they're the reigning premiers for a reason. Um, both sides have had some changes. You know, like we've got nine different players on our side this year from last year's grand final, and um, I haven't had a close look at it, but they've probably got similar numbers yep. um, to that. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a really good contest, and um, both teams um, have got some depth. You know, as I said to other people that... Their 18s obviously won a flag last year. The reserves were, were very competitive as well. Um, and so, you know, they've got some guys back that didn't play much footy last year as, as well, you know. So they've obviously got goals where they're back who've missed, you know, the bulk of the season and brought in, you know, quality tall like, you know, Connor Ballenden. And, um, you know, they're, they're lucky to have, um, you know, Hallman come back to the, 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 the side. And, um, you know, Zane Williams didn't play in the final, grand final last year. And he's a, he's a premiership player from the year before and he kicked three goals in the weekend. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the challenge. They're, they're the raising, reigning premier for a reason and, yeah, it'll be a good test, test for us. Once again, there's threats up forward. Uh, Daniel Menzel in, in fine form to start the year. Um, how do you prepare the, defen- the defensive line for them? Oh, look, Menzel brothers are class. You know, they, they heard us in the grand final. Um you know, that Daniel um, is obviously very good with his one-on-one contests um, and he doesn't miss too many shots on goal. Um, so, yeah, we'll have a good look at it this week and see what their best matchups are. And, you know, we're, we're lucky we've got Jordan Murdoch coming back from and Alex Martini coming back from health and safety protocols. So, you know, we've got a bit of a think about, about how we adjust our back line. And, um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to have guys that are playing some good footy in the twos that are putting pressure on. And so, you know, we will make some changes this week with those two guys coming back in. But, um, yeah, we'll have a close look at that matchup and see who best matches up on him. Did the longer break allow you and the team to enjoy your Easter weekend? Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's the way to go. Know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. You know, Good Friday and the players love having the weekend off and, and even with a 10-day break, like we didn't, you know, I gave them all Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. You know, I snuck back to Sydney to see the family for the weekend, so that was nice. Um, and, yeah, we, we had a really good training session last night and we'll train again tomorrow night and Saturday morning. Well, it's been a great start to the year for the Tigers, sitting atop the Sandful ladder, undefeated. They take on the Eagles Monday. You'll hear it live here on SEN. Brett Hand, coach of the Glenelg Tigers, thanks so much for your time. Anytime, Damon. Thank you. That is it for the Sandful Show this week. Make sure you catch up via the podcast. Search the Sandful Show for all the interviews we've had today. Of course, we spoke to Neil Craig, uh, legend of the Red Legs. North Jacob Bauer and, of course, Paul Bonds have got us up to date with all the latest in Sandford news. You can hear Bonds and the SEN commentary team coming at you live from Port Lincoln for the Norwood West Clash at Centenary Oval this Sunday.
from two. It's going to be fantastic. And, of course, the grand final rematch on Anzac Day, the public holiday Monday, Eagles v Glenelg. What a cracker that is going to be. Catch it live on SEN. Anzac Day from two. The Sandville Show back again next Wednesday. We'll catch you then. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.